Welcome to the Deeper Dive Podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday, and we do that by discussing things like historical settings, literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is part of Calvary's Daily Connection, so we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org. Well, today on the podcast, following up on John uh, 15 and uh, the command to love one another. Uh, so let's jump right into it. All right. Um, because it was confirmation yesterday, which is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful service, um, I didn't go into the rest of the passage. I kind of stuck to just a couple verses, and there's um, so much more in that passage. Um, uh, Randy and I both have some stuff, and of course Isaac will probably have some stuff to talk about that, but um, I uh, preached Sunday uh, also at Westminster Village, and uh, uh had a good time with them because, of course, that's a Presbyterian um, uh, run, not run, but it's a Presbyterian place, and um, but we have people of all faiths there. A lot of our United Methodist friends uh, uh, go there, and uh, the uh, verse 16, the last verse, says, you didn't choose me, rather I chose you, and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil, as fruit bearers, whatever you ask the Father and uh in relation to me, he gives you. Um, now that is from the message. Um, I'm going to pull up uh, the NIV as well. But um, I, I was giving uh, them a hard time at Westminster Village and say, you know, that's for you folks. That's probably the predestination verse. Uh, but we United Methodists, we kind of look at it a little differently. Um, God chooses every one of us. This is my perspective, um, and you two can jump in if you want to say anything else. From my perspective, God chooses every one of us. It's just whether we choose him back. <laughs> um, you know, um, all of us probably remember those times in uh, junior high or high school when we liked that particular boy or girl. Um but they didn't like us back. So that was not a relationship. <laughs> it was a crush. Um, um, God loves each and every one of us and wants each and every one of us to have a relationship with him. But we're the ones that then have to um, to accept that relationship and say, yeah, I'm in. Um, and, I, and I love you too. So um, for me to, sometimes I just think about that when I'm pretty down on myself and I think I'm a loser in every category, I think, God chose me. <laughs> um, and and he chose me with, uh, with fruit in mind, with spiritual gifts in mind. And so I must have a reason um, and a purpose to be on this earth. And then, and then that second part, but I chose you and appointed you. Now, in the United Methodist Church, we are obviously in a point of system, which means um, the bishop tells us uh, where we serve, uh, what churches we serve, and and when we do that. Um, in in a different system, um, and I was talking about the Presbyterians yesterday, uh, being at Westminster, uh, they have a call system, so they hire their pastors. Um, this particular verse says, I chose you and appointed you. I'm giving you your, um, your ministry place, in a sense, so that there's a reason for it, not just for us to jump around and, and, uh, and run through the, the daisies, so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. 
Um, I, I just love that. And um, I want to be the kind of person that when people look at me, they go, huh. Well, everybody does that. Goes, huh. <laughs> she's weird. But I want them to say, wow, she's got a lot of joy or peace or patience. Or, you know, I, I want the fruit of the Spirit to just ooze out of me, flow out of me. Um, have you seen um, those Christians who are just grumpy all the time? <laughs> I've had church, I've had some in churches. Um, I won't name any names, um, but um, bec- just in case they might tune in. Uh, but I've loved them anyway. But they just, I, I want to say to them, um, you know, there's joy in the Lord. <laughs> um, so not that we have to go around being joyful all the time, but um, so that we can bear fruit. Um, and that fruit, I believe, does have a lasting impact um, when, we, when we express that kind of, of stuff in the world um, that helps others. Um, and then that last part, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And we, we talked a lot about this in the prayer study, um, because we can really take that out of context and say, oh, we can get whatever we want, and that's not at all what he's saying and if our will is in tune with god's will um we're not gonna i'm not saying we're not gonna ask something outside of god's will because we are human but we're gonna be much more in touch with asking for you know things that are consistent with who god is um so that i wanted to make sure that we talked about that randy you've got some stuff that um you and I were talking about last night, or you, you Let me at. just pick up a thought or two on, on fruit. Okay. I think that um, sometimes we think bearing fruit is, is uh, bringing people to Christ, and that's certainly a dimension of it. Uh-huh. But I also think bearing fruit, and this is why everyone who comes to Christ is appointed to this, is that fruit begins in our own spiritual lives. Right. How we breathe, how we talk, how we think, how we react. Uh, some days the best witness we have is when we say absolutely nothing, but we live out uh, kindness and gentleness and meekness and peace to somebody. Um, and I, I think everybody is appointed to that kind of bearing of fruit. Um, and and uh, it doesn't make any difference if you're a teacher or an apostle or a, a a lay person, or it, that, that's right. not that's not the contingent upon it. What it is is contingent upon the depth of our relationship. Um, and so, we were you were talking about some of those things. I uh, went back up and a little further into First John and started, uh, or in First John fifteen and started uh, because uh, I. Uh, I think about uh, some of the Gospels and some of the words that kind of stick in your mind. For instance, uh, when I think about Mark, he uses the word immediately yeah. <laughs> over and over again. When I think about John, he uses the word abide over and over again. And, and actually here in 15.4, he's talking about he abides in the Father, and he, then he wants us to abide in him. Um, and if we abide in him, then that's just, that's just a progression here where we recognize not only that God loves us, but that we can then love others as God loves us. Um, 
And so I just I got to doing a little thinking and uh, about abide, and actually abide is from the Greek. Uh, the, the, the Greek. Greek? The, Greek. <laughs> <laughs> the Greek word meno, and uh, it stand. It means to stay or to stand fast or to remain, and so. Um, that's a that that sense of abiding means that uh, our relationship with God is is not one that's here today and we come back to it on Wednesday or we come back to it on next Sunday or we come back to it several weeks, but it's a remaining steadfast in that relationship with Him, that conversation with Him. Uh, it's a staying at home in the sense that uh, we're not giving to wandering around. Um, yeah, and the, the message is the translation we used on Sunday, and it says, make yourself at home in my love, um, which I, I think has a t- little twist differently than actually abide, but um, when you were talking, Randy, it reminded me of the difference in my um, two kids. Um, Chris, my oldest, when we went out, he was right beside me all the time. I couldn't move without running into him. And so I didn't ever have to worry about him leaving my side. Justin, on the other hand, um, if I blinked, he was off, you know, in the middle of the clothes somewhere, like the car, the little carousel, you know, where they hang him. He was in the middle of that, the rack. He was in the middle of that hiding. So, um, or wandering off looking at something, and, and when we abide in God, we stick to God's side. <laughs> we keep our focus on Him instead of, of um, wandering off. We, we remain in unbroken fellowship with right. Him. Um, and uh, I, I, I think that's as much of a challenge today for everybody. As, as it ever has been because there's so many things drawing on our attention uh, because there's so many things that we think have to be done or need to be done or as parents you know we need to do this for our kids um, but sometimes it, it I want to say this carefully because this isn't critical it's just sometimes our relationship with God may take a, a back seat to some mm-hmm. of that um, so I think that's what John is talking about uh, here, at, as you were talking about to to the young people yesterday morning. That's staying with God, staying connected with God. Uh, we know that um, in just probably four short years, these young people will likely be headed off to college or junior college or some other kind of trade school or some sort of job. Um, and at those kinds of places those crossroads um, in their lives becomes the challenging part is to remain when you move away from the church that you've been raised in that you have found your faith in that you have lived that faith in when you move away from that and you begin to explore where the next place is for that to happen uh, that's that's a um, a dicey time, I think, in this not dicey in the well, it is mm-hmm. to some degree. It's a dangerous time in the sense of that which we have known now is changing. That which we found solid is changing, um, and that what we have experienced may be changing as you move out and worship in different places. Um, somehow, t- to build within the heart of everyone. Uh, 
you know, uh, that sense that I just need to make sure that I'm staying at home, make sure that I'm remaining in Christ Jesus, make sure that I am staying in his love, um, I think is a big part of it. I uh, jotted down a couple of things that um, might help us uh, in terms of a sense of abiding or remaining. Um, I think some of the abiding principles we might want to look at is that when Jesus invites us to come and be a part of he and God and the Holy Spirit and the rest of the community of faith, uh, he's inviting us to join him in what he's doing. Um, And what he's doing, he said, I came to seek and save those who are lost. Uh, And he said then to the disciples, go and make disciples. Many times we use that go and make disciples as an evangelism conversation. And it's, it, we can go out and invite people to Christ and if they accept him one day and a week later they don't remember or connect with that, then we're not making disciples right. at all. Making disciples means getting them grounded, helping them Walking to walk through them. life, right. helping them to put on the eyeglasses of Jesus. Right. Uh, I, I must confess, there might have been a country station on in my truck for a oh, moment no. the other day, I know. And John Conley uh, sang a song years ago called Rose Colored Glasses. And he was looking at circumstances in his life through a particular lens, rose-colored glasses. Maybe maybe it's a lens of uh, uh, everything's hunky-dory, and mm-hmm. or, or maybe there, there are some folks who have a lens of uh, a more of a negative persuasion. Mm-hmm. But when we look at life through the lens of Jesus and we're trusting in God, that brings a different picture to even the worst of the circumstances. So anyway, I and digress. You know, Randy, I, um, well, and I'll let me get digress with you for a second. Um, when I am out in public and and uh, see something or somebody that is uh, annoying me or whatever, one of the things that I do is that I think that's a child of God. Um, that that's family. That's a child of God. Uh, God chose that person just as much as God chose me, and and that's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's son. Um, and that just helps me put things into perspective. You know? I um, I remember um, that uh, came across somebody new working with uh, them um, in a new situation one day, and I have a I have a tendency to call guys, brothers, and others, sisters, women, sisters, um, and sometimes I shorten shorten it just to sis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she initially said, I was really offended by that, that you didn't call me by my right name. And she says, then I looked into your eyes, and she says, I am your sister, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I hope for, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of abiding relationship. And when I look at God, man, there are days when I just simply mention his name and need to stop mm-hmm. and pause. Right. Um, just, just because. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's God. Mm-hmm. You know. So let me give you a couple more, and then we can move on here. I, uh, abiding does mean we produce some measure of fruit, fruit now, both internally, spiritually, 
in our households as well as in our world, that somehow or another, um, God's grace is lived out. Our uh, abiding in Christ uh, does not depend on what we do, but does depend on us making uh, ourselves available to Him. And so, uh, no matter when it is, morning, noon, or night, um, I think abiding in Christ means that uh, Jesus has just invited me to walk with Him for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my preference would be if He were to come, we were to do that. We'd do that in my truck rather than literally walking down a sidewalk. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but to walk with Him for a while, I've always prayed, Jesus, give me Your eyes. Yeah that you can see a woman about to be stoned and have the compassion on her to step in. Yeah. Uh, give me the eyes so that I can have a heart that that person that stands at the street corner every day um, with their little sign, um, and uh, for five months now they've been traveling through town, and, but they're not really traveling through town. Uh, give me eyes of the brother that I disagree with or the sister that I don't resonate with that uh, we might find a way to walk. Give me eyes and ears to, to care for somebody. So, um, Somebody wrote someplace one time that says uh, uh, to abide in Christ is uh, to keep Christ in the childlike position of trust. Mm, for kids yeah. are so I – mean, we see that on our grandkids. Oh, you my know? gosh. They just trust God. They're, I mean, they trust, just well, they a, trust people. And yeah, I'm not sure and, they're old enough to. Uh, they, uh, it's a matter of they're not cynical enough <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. That's sad. Yeah, they're not cynical enough yet to question everything or doubt everything or go 25 different directions. And um, so. I, I, I was just thinking about that in terms of abiding. I was thinking about how abiding is directly tied into what you were saying to these young people Sunday morning um, and um, how uh, loving God, the expression of that, is found in abiding in mm-hmm, Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really if you don't eat for 10 days, something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you don't come to drink of the river of the water of life very often you're going to be really thirsty mm-hmm. and likely going to find something else to drink mm-hmm. so anyway I don't know if I hear the music or not yet I mean we could always go on but you know just have to press the button <laughs> there you go <laughs> I think I think I do hear it okay <laughs> Unless we have any more, any more things to add, which it looks, Randy's drinking his good. Diet Coke now, so he's... That's right, that's right, that's the he's, sign. He's taking a pause, yeah. Well, uh, we do thank you all for listening today, and uh, if you uh, have questions or uh, comments, want to keep that discussion going, you can find us uh, on Facebook there, or uh, uh, hit the website, email, all of those places that you normally uh, find us, and... Uh, We do thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week with a deeper dive into the conversion of Saul and Acts. So until then, grace and peace.